I have a topic I want to offer up for discussion today, and it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Obviously, I've done a lot of videos lately on the camera announcements that have been coming out, as have hundreds of thousands of other people on YouTube, it seems. And it's an exciting time. It's something that everybody's excited about. I'm excited about it. The whole idea of the possibility of having new tools and new options to do what it is that we do with visual communication is very exciting. But what's really interesting is, is that I mean, I have never seen a marketing blitzkrieg like this in the industry ever. I don't think there ever has been one. I mean, I think when we moved from film to digital, that was kind of a big time as well, but it wasn't anything like this move to mirrorless. And keep in mind, these are not just new cameras and lenses. They're entire new camera systems from many manufacturers. And the reality of it is, is it's a business that's changed a lot. I think that's one of the reasons it's a lot different than it was when we were just moving from film to digital. We didn't have cell phones to compete with. It's a very different landscape today. And the thing that kind of got me thinking is one of the camera companies in question here has been using and been throwing around this term of be part of a revolution, I guess is the paraphrase of it. And this whole idea of a revolution and what is that? And I understand these are just marketing terms and it's a way of reaching out saying, hey, you know, be part of us, we're the winners, the whole thing. But when you consider this whole idea of a revolution and what comes around it and you see how people are responding to new technology as it comes out, it's just really weird when you put this into the context of, you know, we look back at the history of photography and I think as early as like the early 1900s when you have this movement of pictorialism, which is really interesting because photography is a new thing and it's a group of photographers, mainly spearheaded by Steichen and Stieglitz in New York, but you have these photo clubs that pop up. And in the U.S. you have the photo secession. In England you have the linked ring. There's one in Austria. There's one in Germany. There's one in Australia. Anyway, they're all over the world. And they're groups of people who get together to exercise creative thinking, ideas, and their objective is to try to get photography accepted as an art form and shown in galleries and museums. At that time, people looked at salon-style painting as art, but then photography was this weird thing where you were capturing something and reproducing it, and that really wasn't art. And I mean, this hasn't changed ever. I guess this is still an argument today. But that was the whole idea of the photo, or the photo secession, but also this movement of pictorialism. After pictorialism, you have the next generation that comes along. And in a 180-degree turn, they're saying, oh, screw that, forget the art thing. We're doing straight photography. But it's still an exchange of ideas, and it's this creative magnet of people that are together and coming up and pushing photography into new directions and creating things visually that we haven't seen before. And creatively, it's inspiring. It's incredible. And you've got Group or, yeah, the group F64 with Ansel Adams and Wynn Bullock, uh, Edward West and Brett West and Imogene Cunningham, all these photographers who who are very different than the generation that came before them in terms of what it is they're trying to do. But creatively, they're on it. And they're just like feeding off of one another. And I think this continues in the 1950s. Uh, you know, we're in the midst of world conflict and you have photojournalism, but we also have the printing capabilities to reproduce photographs pretty well in newspapers and magazines. So you have the Kappas and the Henri Cartier-Bressons and the W. Eugene Smiths, and you have all these people that come out of that. And then what's interesting is they not only did photo journalism, but they were able to capture kind of this humanist side of photography that you see, especially in Cartier-Bresson's work, and I think W. Gene Smith's as well. That influences a whole new generation of photographers in New York City that are not, and actually Italy as well, which is really the wild card, and it's this neo-Renaissance in these two places of people that are shooting in that style, even though it's not photojournalism, essentially it's street photography, but they're shooting in that style and bringing it with an art perspective. And it's interesting to see through time how one generation 
generation has influenced the next. And, you know, by the time we get to the 1960s, everything seems to be a rebellion creatively. And I guess it's just changed since then. But when you speed up to today and you look at the technology that we have just in the last 15 years, it will blow your mind. And I don't think that we do a lot with it. And I think this is where the blown opportunity is. If you go back and you look at any of those people, Steichen, Stieglitz, Stieglitz didn't have face detection autofocus. He didn't have in-body image stabilization. Henri Cartier-Bresson didn't have dual card slots. It didn't keep them from creating amazing work. And when I look at where we are in this landscape today, it's this weird, like, it's like we live in this Ray Bradbury novel of this dystopian future where we have all these amazing tools and nobody creates anything with them. And that's the bizarre part to me because I see how people have reacted to this stuff online and it's in comments, it's in forums. People get into fights over cameras. It's the weirdest thing in the world. I guess for a lot of people, it's like a sporting event and my team is the winner and they're the best. Your team sucks, forget it. And that's kind of like they get into fights over stuff, over cameras. And I guess it's it, maybe they see them as jewelry or it, it, it's not a tool to fulfill the purpose. It's just a status symbol or something like that. It's like the guy who buys a Lamborghini and lives in a city where he's never going to take the thing out of third gear, but yet he spent all this money on a race car. Anyway, I digress. It's just really weird to see this. And I think that the camera companies, not just camera companies, I think there's a lot of corporate <laughs> culture in our society, whether it's Apple, Microsoft, a camera company, whatever, a car company that dictates what it is that we want to buy or they have this marketing voodoo around us. And I think this has a slightly detrimental result. Um, take, for instance, the Nikon event where they introduced the Z6 and Z7, and they had some of their ambassadors there, some of their artisans. And yeah, I'm going to slam some people here. But anyway, these people get up and show their work and the, all the stuff they've done with this new camera. And they show like a macro shot of a bug and a beautiful sunset and then like, you know, some colorful poverty. And oh yeah, this is the camera you're gonna, you're gonna be viewing the world through. And in all fairness, I don't think Nikon wants radical work when they're trying to sell a camera, but it's like, this is really what it's boiled down to and what it's become. And the missed opportunity out there is that we all have this amazing gift that's just landed in our lap of all the technology that we've got, but we're so close to the forest that I think we have trouble seeing the trees. Even the platforms that we have with social media, you know, it's totally different and the opportunity is there. And you see people complain about that. I've seen story after story on various websites about how, you know, bots have taken over Instagram and they're having to clean them up. And the whole kind of drive towards that is like this guy who's really famous over here on Instagram, we're going to peel back the curtain and show the emperor's new clothes. It's all bots. And then you see these guys in the comments that'll complain, yeah, I tried Instagram and it just got so frustrating because, you know, I didn't want to label my pictures. I wanted to let the work speak for itself and nobody saw it. Maybe it's not that good and this and that and going. And then you go look at like these people's Instagram pages and it's like, they post once a month, maybe. They don't put a lot of effort into it. But then they have an audience of 10 or 20 followers. Bots or not. You know, on YouTube, I've got followers now. I didn't always. And I started at zero like everybody else. And so I've seen it all the way along. And I can tell you this, that if you can't respect and handle an audience of 10 or 20, forget it. You're not going to be able to handle anything more because especially at that level, it's really awesome because it's not rock star status. It's, it's real. And like I said, this is not Hollywood. This is not the music industry. It's about relationships. And that's one of the beautiful things about the internet. And it's hard to maintain it at that level as you grow, but that's where you really have to embrace it. And so I look at this and I see people 
coming up with excuses and complaining about why they can't do a certain thing. And it just is bizarre to me that we have the technology and the capabilities with cameras coming out now. The reality is, is let's say all these companies were coming out now and instead of announcing new mirrorless full frame systems, they were coming out and saying, you know what, for the next 10 years, we're broke. We can't release anything. We don't have any R&D. We're going to support the gear you've got. We're going to do firmware updates, but there's going to be nothing new. You know, the reality is we'd all be just fine. And I know that that's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm overreacting to this somewhat, but it's interesting because, you know, when I look at this, it's like, it's an amazing opportunity. And what do we do with it? We don't make anything. We don't say anything visually. We just jump on the internet and argue over it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well. I'm sure you guys are seeing this stuff also. And, you know, to sit here and be spoiled to complain that Nikon didn't give us two card slots. Well, okay, that is a big deal to photographers, but is it a big enough deal to sit there and spend all this time arguing over or, and I'm not pro Nikon on this. The reality is, is that just use the equipment you've got. You don't need anything else necessarily unless there's something you want to do with it. I've said this a million times before. You guys that have subscribed to me for a while, my position's on equipment and gear, and, and you shouldn't look at like this pressure to buy something as an excuse for the fact that you can't go make something that's pretty awesome, and I really want to encourage that. So that's where I'm going with all this. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. That's all I got for today. Just a little rant. I know we're in the middle of all this crazy camera stuff, and there's more to come. We're not even a photo key yet and there's several other big announcements but just want to put it into perspective a little bit as we have a little bit of a lull see you guys in the next video until then later